You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. Matthew chapter number 6, and we'll read three verses of Scripture, and then I'll allow you to be seated, of course, and we'll go through the Word of the Lord here together today. What I share today, I intend, I... I uh, imagine will be probably the foundation of some things that I will refer to for a little while as far as our giving goes, and um, I'll follow this up, be a reminder. So today is a foundation, and we may not be swinging from the, the chandeliers or the stars, they wouldn't hold us today, or running around the aisles necessarily, but I do believe that what we are going to discuss is very spiritual. This is spiritual, and it's spiritual work, and it's spiritual warfare. The Bible says in Matthew chapter number 6, verse 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I'm going to talk to you for the next few moments on this. Why give five motivators, five motivations of giving. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your church. I thank you that we can come together in your presence. And I ask in these next few moments today that the Word of God would be in us, God. Let Let it grow in us. Let us be blessed and strengthened today. Let us be expanded, God, to the point that you want us, your purpose, your desire for us in me. In Jesus' name today, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. One more time, can you just thank the Lord in your own way? God, I thank you today. I come into your house with thanksgiving. I come into your presence with thanksgiving. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen this morning. Giving. No relationship can exist without giving. Maybe not monetarily giving, but there has to be giving. The parent gives life, passes the life that was entrusted to them onto their children. And that life is then sustained in the beginning years through the giving of the parents, the husband, the wife. They give to one another. February is a month, a month which reminds us that no relationships can be without giving. And in order to uh, go forward in relationships, there must be giving. In the month of February, we have two uh, uh, significant uh, things culturally. Uh, we we uh, honor Valentine's Day. We, we celebrate or take part in Valentine's Day, which has nothing much to do with uh, the traditional St. Valentine's life, but it's, it's something that we've taken uh, to take time to honor our sweethearts. And there's some giving that goes on there. Uh, uh, it, it highlights the giving, the giving of a Valentine card, a note of love, encouragement, uh, the rose, the, the flower, the uh, taking someone a gift to your child, to your spouse, to your sweetheart. And then in the month of February, also in our culture, it's also known as uh, a time in a period that is designated Black History Month, where uh, our culture acknowledges that there have not always in our history been right relationships between people, and so it sets a time, uh, uh, sets aside a time in which to give voice to stories and lives that heretofore in times past may have been uh, uh, not acknowledged and passed over. And so it, it stands true that any relationship there is giving. There is giving back and forth one to 
another. We are here today because we are uh, part of the body of Christ, or we are desiring to be a part of the body of Christ, or to have a relationship with God, or we are here because we are intent on knowing more about this. What are the opportunities for relationships? Some of us may have reached the, the level of, of uh, intimate relationship with the Lord in, in the sense that there is nothing hindered, that there is nothing hidden, but we are open before God. Others may still be in the process of, of figuring it out, of, of weighing things in the balance, of of standing on the brink of a decision before the Lord. And I'm here to tell you that we cannot advance unless there is giving. And so we give. We talk about giving. We celebrate giving in, in worship, in coming together in many different ways. But there are five motivations, five motivators for why we should give. Five I should say, biblical motivators for why we give. The Lord laid them on my heart this week, and as I, as I began to write them down, uh, uh, it just began to come to me. And, and, and I, I checked it with Scripture, went back, and looked at it. And, and, and So this is what God shared with me on five things. I could also say five stages of giving or dimensions that are built one upon another. Uh, we, we, we ought not, let me just put this disclaimer, we ought not be giving out of guilt. There, there's, no, there's no true uh, honor in that. There's no true uh, 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 reciprocation or love when we are giving out of guilt. If in our relationships we are just doing it because we have guilt, our heart's not really in it. We, we ought not give merely out of obligation. We ought not just give out of obligation. Anybody understand what I'm saying today? Uh, 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 there's a deadness to that, you know. Uh, if in, for instance, in the marriage, if, if we are just doing things one for another out of obligation, well, you know, I'm obligated to do this, so here's your dinner. Uh, hope you like it. May I burn it, but you're, you're stuck with it. Here it is. I'm obligated. There it is. There's no real love in there. You know what I'm saying? Anybody understand what I'm saying? You know, it's just, how many can remember times when, when you think that was obligation right there? Yeah, yeah, that was. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Amen. There, there are things we should not give. We should not give out of fear. Hello? Because we're afraid of what might happen to us, so I'm, I'm just giving out of fear. That is not what God intends for us as His people, but rather we are to give out of love. And we'll talk about that more in a little while. Five motivators or five motivations for giving that I want to talk about today. It begins, I believe, number one, it begins at the level, the motivator of Worship. We give when we worship. Giving is worship. That's number one. That's the foundation. That word worship, we could also say worthiness. Worthiness. We give according to the worthiness. When we come into the house of God and we praise and we magnify God and we lift our voices and we sing songs and, and, and we speak out the declarations of the Lord. We praise Him because we believe that He is worthy of our praise. He's worthy of my shout. He's worthy of my song. He's worthy of my dance. This is what the psalmist would write in Psalm 150 verse 2 when he said, praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent Greatness. You know what the psalmist said? He said, He's worthy, and so I am going to let my praise or attempt to let my praise match His worthiness. I wonder this morning if somebody understands how worthy God is, how great God is. He's a mighty God. 
Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise Him according to His worthiness. Amen. When I'm sick, I don't stop praising Him because He's still worthy. Amen. When I'm poor, I don't stop praising Him because He's still worthy. When I need a miracle, I don't stop praising Him because He is still worthy. Hezekiah on the brink of siege and, and being overthrown. The children of Israel were afraid. Shut up in the city of Jerusalem. And in Isaiah 37, it says in verse 15, and Hezekiah prayed unto the Lord, saying, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel that dwelleth between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. It was the darkest day of Israel. You could go back and study history. This was one of the darkest moments, and yet when I, Hezekiah goes in, he doesn't run in first off saying, God, I need you. He, before he gets to the need, says, God, you are God alone. You are worthy of the glory. You are worthy of the honor. Before I request anything of you, I want you to know how great and mighty you are in my life. Timothy records, or, or rather Paul records to Timothy a praise. I love it. You hear me quote it often. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 17 is one of my favorite verses. Now unto the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Where's that honor and glory coming from? It was coming from Paul's heart. He was imploring the young pastor, let there always be a praise in your heart. Let there always be something in your life that you are giving to the Lord. We give according to worthiness. It's worship. Last, uh, last evening we, we were over across the river to uh, visit the hospital and, and so we, we, we took advantage of that and I took her I took my wife to a thrift store because when I want to show my wife that I love her, I take her to thrift stores. And uh, she loves thrift store. I, I, I'm not a good shopper. How, uh, almost 16 years of marriage and I'm still learning. I'm still trying. I'm not a good shopper. And uh, so I, I'm trying to get better in that sense, but my wife loves a good thrift store. And so... Uh, we pulled up, and Luca was conveniently asleep when we pulled up to the thrift store. And so I said, uh, you know, I, I will. I told her, I said, I will stay in the car for you uh, while you go in and shop. And as soon as she shut that door, Luca woke up. Ah! And so I drove around the block. It was the longest block I could make in the city of, of St. Louis, and he wasn't going to sleep, so we came back in, and I took him in the thrift store, and we're walking around, and I'm trying to watch him and all this stuff, and there, we got over around to the corner, there was a toy section, and I'm trying to keep him out of everything. They put the toy, this was not smart, they put the toy section right next to the china section, and the first thing Luca finds is a rubber ball, and you know what happened right there. We were picking stuff up, making sure these tables didn't fall over. And, and, uh, but while we were there, I saw uh, uh, all of a sudden, it's funny when you have kids, how you become a kid again at moments. And I saw an old baseball game. It had to be a, 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 an old game. You can't buy it anymore in the stores. It's out of stock, out of date. They don't make it anymore. And there it was, an old baseball game, and it had all of the little pieces and the little guys you could move around and the little bat, and it was pretty complicated. It's actually a, the, the, the little devices and the, and the, the, the steel, uh, um, I think, that look like little ball bearings that are the baseballs. And this was fun. I thought, oh, this could be so much fun when Luca gets older. And so uh, I bought it. We cleaned it up, and Janelle and I played last night. Um, and uh, on there, they had, they had it marked... $8, and I thought, I don't know if it's worth $8, and so 
I thought, but you know, hey, for a fun time, this is better than any video arcade you could imagine. And so we got it and I paid eight bucks for it. And uh, I thought at the moment, I said, you know what? I said to me, the memories that we'll have with this game, what is $8? What is $8 for the memories that we have for this? And, and so I applied worthiness to that piece. And I said, for me, it's worth $8. It's eight bucks, you know? And so I paid eight bucks for this thing. I thought, really, it's probably not worth eight bucks, but I'm, it's worth it to me, the memories we'd have. And just the joy of beating my wife last night was worth eight bucks right there alone. So I applied worthiness to it. And here's the point I was willing to give, hear me, according to the worthiness that I thought it was. We got, done with the, we, we got done with the game last night, and I thought, man, I wonder if I could find one of these on eBay or online. I wonder how much they are. And I pulled up one. There's one online right now for $74 plus shipping. I'm going to tell you, if you want to pay me $100 right now, I will sell you this game if you think it's... But there's worthiness when we give. It starts out by our worthiness. We give when we say, hey, it's worthy. He's worthy. And where our treasure is, there will your heart be also. When we give, the first, the first motivator of giving, literally in monetary or of ourselves, is when we say, hey, God is worthy of worship. I wonder if there's anybody in here that believes He's worthy of worship. You pull out literally, hey, where your treasure is, there is your heart. Also, he's worthy. Amen. Have you ever been in church and you didn't think much about it, but all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord starts moving and by the time it's over, you're literally ready to open your wallet and say, God, I'll give you everything. Why? Because something happened in your heart and all of a sudden you brought into view the worthiness of God in your life. So how do you know that you're at the worship level of giving? You're at the worship level of giving when nothing gets in the way of your worship. Nothing gets in the way of your worship. When things get in the way of your worship, you're not at the worship level of giving yet. When there are other things, amen, that are more important that hesitate my worship, I'm not at the worship level yet. That's the first level of worship. That's the first motivator of worship. That's why it's important that you ought to praise God every day. There ought to be an openness in our hearts to worship. Can I get an amen? The second, the second motivator of worship, the second motivator of worship, it's right is the motivation of obedience. The motivation of obedience. Obedience. When we give away, when we give, whether to uh, uh, God of ourselves or of our money, we are giving away to God literally in, in the matter of money and, and of, of tithes and offering. We are acknowledging to God that what we are giving Him is His anyway. And God, I'm going to obey your word. I'm going to obey you. And I'm going to acknowledge that since it is yours, and since I am yours, I am your child, I am your creation, I am your servant, I am obedient unto the Lord. And so now the giving goes, it is worship, but now it goes beyond worship. And now I'm not just giving according to the worthiness, but I am now giving according to obedience. Obedience. In the Old Testament, there's an interesting thing. Of course, Abraham pays tithes to Melchizedek, and that's the initial thing. But after the children of Israel are taken into bondage in Egypt and sustained, and then brought out and delivered, God, through the mouth of Moses, institutes something with them. And the Lord tells them, in Leviticus, we don't have to go there, but He tells them, He says, of all of the seed of the ground, give the tithe unto the Lord. Or the tithe literally means the first 10% increase. Give it unto the Lord because it is the Lord's. And then of all the livestock, give the tithe or the first 10% unto the Lord because it is the Lord's. When God instituted tithing with the children of Israel, what He was saying was, don't give me what is yours. He was saying, give me what is already mine. 
And so as children of God, as believers, it was not us giving to God what was ours or what we had made, but we understood, they understood, I am giving to God what is already His when He asked for it. I'm giving it back to Him. So the point when they paid their tithe was not to be drudgery. It was not to be upsetting. But when they paid tithe, it was past worship. And now it was obedience because God asked this of me. And He's my Father. He's my Lord. He's my King. I wouldn't dare think of withholding from God what is already His. And I want to be obedient. I want to please Him. And so I am going to obey Him. And so they gave to God what was His out of obedience. It was acknowledgement. It was submission. In fact, The Bible tells us in the Old Testament that when they did not give their tithes and their offerings to the Lord, that the Lord spoke to them and asked them this question, are you going to rob a man? And then he says, but you have robbed me. And they said, wherein have we robbed thee? And he says, in tithe and offering. He was letting them know, it's not yours, it's mine. I am asking you to give back what is mine, not yours. Amen. And so the second level of giving was obedience. It was not to be something that was, hear me, coerced. It was not giving out of guilt. It was not giving out of obligation. It was not giving out of fear. Amen. But it was giving out of obedience to the Lord. This is what we need in the New Testament church. Not giving out of guilt. Not giving out of fear. But giving out of worship. And giving out of obedience. In the New Testament... and. and And I know a lot of people say, oh, well, that was the Old Testament. We don't have to live it. We're not under the law. And that's true. We are not. The law was just a type and a shadow. But Paul in the New Testament endorsed the practice of tithing. Now, for this day, this church era, this church age, New Testament church era, to support the function and the ministry of tithe or of the church through the giving of tithe and 10%. Let me make the point here. That what Paul was endorsing, what Paul was instituting was not a mandate so that we would go around to people and say, how much are you giving? It's not about the amount. It's not about the money. It was not about that. It was about obedience unto the Lord. This was what Paul was endorsing. Paul was saying Christ has made us free. Amen. From the law. But he did not make us free from obedience. There ought to be a desire in our heart that says, I want to obey the Lord. I want to obey the Lord. I want to obey God in my heart and in my soul. Now, hear me today. How do you know that you are at the obedience level of giving? You're at the obedience level of giving when nothing gets in the way of obedience. Hear me today. This word obedience is countercultural. You can speak about obedience. You can speak about, we don't like to talk about the commands of the Lord today. That word command, it's not politically right. It's not politically correct. Our culture today, nobody's telling me what to do. Can I get a witness? And in fact, sometimes I even find myself reflecting that same sentiment because I am human and I'm alive in the culture of our day. But I have to subdue the flesh like Paul says. I have to bring it into subjection. Be careful when in your heart and your spirit that you are not saying, well, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to live for God how I want to live for God. And nobody's going to tell me how to live for God. No. After you have advanced from the point of worship, the next thing in the relationship is there is obedience. Amen. Because you want to be pleasing. Amen. To the Father. You want to be pleasing to the Lord. And there's a right relationship. Amen. I believe that we need a revival of obedience. Is that all right? That's a good place to clap your hands right there. That's a good place to say amen. 
Don't be afraid. Come on. Come on. Somebody. There's hesitation. You know how there's hesitation right there. Don't be afraid. I'm not going to tell you what, you what you need to do every day. Lord knows. I, I don't care where you go out to eat. I don't care how you live your life as long as you're living it for the Lord. It's not in me to tell you. It's not in me, amen, to have that desire. But my desire is that I want to be pleasing to my heavenly Father. And can I tell you, the relationship, the benefits, amen, flow freely when there's obedience in the heart. So you got to have obedience in your heart. So you know what? So do I worship God in the spirit of giving, giving of my life and of things? Yes. But do I also worship Him in the spirit of obedience? Absolutely. Because it's not mine, it's His. You say, well, it's not His. God didn't give it to me. Oh, yeah? Who put hair on your head? Who took the hair off your head? Hey, man. Come on. You didn't do that. You can't in your own ability. Some of you are fighting against it, trying to do that. But you can't do that. God spoke life into existence. Everything you are, everything you owe belongs to the Lord. Come on. You didn't get to pick out your eye color. You didn't get to pick out, amen, how straight or crooked your teeth were. You didn't get to choose all of that. God gives it to you. And every good thing that you have, James says, comes from God. It's not yours. It's his. It belongs to him. I belong to him. He's my father. He's my savior. Amen. So the second level of giving, the second motivator of giving is obedience. Now, not obligation, but obedience. The third thing, the third thing, third motivator of giving is service, service, service. We've been served through giving. We literally are serving the kingdom of God today, especially through our giving, literally this building here locally. We could talk about it. The missionaries that are up here that we had, that we passed out those cards, it represents, amen, service. When you give, when I give to the kingdom of God, I give, I am serving the kingdom of God. I'm giving the kingdom of God. By your giving, amen, you make it possible for the properties and the buildings and the utilities. You make it possible for the lights and the wages of the staff and the functions of the church and the provisions and the food. When you give, amen, you make it possible even for cleaning and, and maintenance and, 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 and trades that take place around this, uh, uh, this house of God. When people give of themselves and they say, hey, I, I, I will mow the grass or I will clean or I will do this, you are giving of yourself enabling the given dollar to go even farther than it would by giving of yourself. When you give, amen, to the kingdom of God and you give, say, to the missions cause and the missionaries, amen, you are enabling, amen, the preaching of the gospel, the teaching of the gospel to go around the world, to reach into someone's heart and to someone's life, amen. You are enabling, you are serving, Serving another. When I give and my dollar goes to missions or my dollar goes to the lights or my dollar goes to the functions or certain things around the church, I am serving, amen, every person that will walk through that door and enjoy, amen, the, the facilities. I am serving every person on the mission field that's going to be baptized in Jesus' name, that's going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, amen. Amen. I am serving the kingdom of God. And there's something inside of our heart in relationship that says, hey, I want to serve. I want to serve. I want to serve. You want to do something for somebody else. You take them out. In, in a marriage, a marriage is healthy. Amen. When both parties are willing to serve one another. Amen. And when both parties are contributing, amen, it can go forward in a relationship. I don't just want to be a taker, but I want to be a giver. Amen. I may not be able to give as much as others. I may not be able to give as much as some, but it's not about a measure comparison. No, that's not what it's about. It's just about serving. I'm serving the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but there's a desire in my heart. I hope there begins to be a desire in your heart that says, I want to serve the kingdom of God. I want to serve the unfortunate. I want to serve those that do not yet know the, the, the ways of God and the benefits 
benefits of living a life for God. I want to serve the local church first because uh, 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 I want to serve the local church because I understand that first when I serve the local church, it enables someone who's hurting and broken and searching to come in. Somebody that's not looking to give, that's not at a place of giving to come in and receive hope and promise and life and resurrection so that they could be a new life. And when they begin a new life in Christ, there automatically what is a desire in them to serve somebody else. They want to serve somebody else. They want to help somebody else. I don't want to stay at the level of just being a taker, but I want to be a giver. I want to serve the kingdom of God. Giving is not to be an isolated act. It is not to be an act that we do out of selfish means. It's not to be an act to do, amen, so that other people, amen, can look at us and say, wow, aren't they great? Look at how much they gave. No, it's not about that. That's why giving is is done secret. That's why the Bible says, don't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing. You give that unto the Lord. This is not about a parade. Can I tell you? You, you, that's why God, number one, that's why God said 10%. He didn't put an amount on it. He said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how far you are. If you own a penny, amen, or if you own a trillion dollars, 10%, it doesn't matter. Your penny, your, your might, your tenth of a penny is just as valuable to God and in God's hands as the tenth of a billionaire. Amen. Can I get a witness? It's just as valuable to God. And so it's not about a fixed amount. Amen. That's why he gives him a percentage. But giving is not to be an isolated act, but giving is to affect the whole spirit. That's why when I give, I serve. That's why I've seen it true in my life. You can go back to every stage and you can see it. People that worship God are going to give God, and they're they give to God, and they're going to give to God according to their worthiness. They're going to give to God ascribing to their worthiness. That's why you need to be a worshiper. People that obey God in one thing are going to obey God in many things, multitude things. That's why if somebody says, well, I'm not going to obey, I'm not going to do that, well, be careful. You'll probably look in their life and there's a whole lot of other, there's a whole lot of other empty places where they're not obeying God. That's the same thing with service. If people are serving in one part, they're usually serving in all parts. God, make me a servant. I want to have a spirit of service. And the Lord said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. He said, For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. These were herbs. The law never required them to pay tithe of herbs, but the Pharisees thought they were so self-righteous. Look at us, how great we are. We pay tithe even of our herb garden. And Jesus says, look at what he says. He says, these things, he said, you've omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. And he said, these things ye ought to have done and not to leave the others undone. He said, you were on the right track when you said, I want to give God everything, and so I'm going to go beyond what He's asked of me. But He said, you've isolated giving, and it hasn't affected the heart, and you are, you are stingy with your mercy and with your grace. You, you, it hasn't affected you. Can I tell you, giving, it's got to affect the whole heart inside. Amen. How do you know you're at the level of giving? I'll tell you how you know you're at the service level of giving when nothing gets in the way of serving. Be careful. What do you let be in the way of serving God? What do you let be in the way of being obedient unto God? What do you let get in the way of worship unto God? Is it stuff? Is it people? Is it time? Is it entertainment? Is it the things of this world? What are those things that we let get in the way? Let's go to the fourth thing. The fourth thing, and I'm, I'm, I, I got to hasten on. The fourth thing here is faith. Giving. The fifth motivator of giving is faith. This is where we ought to get. I hope we all get to this point. Faith. Because there's something powerful when we get to the faith. Faith giving it has understanding. Faith is not just giving arbitrarily. It's not just taking money and throwing it and hoping that it turns out. But faith knows, hey man, when I give, hey, there is something awesome that is happening. It doesn't matter who I'm giving to. It doesn't matter the church or the preacher, amen. It needs to be a truth church. It needs to be a preacher preaching truth. Someone that has the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? Amen. But when I give, it's not about the church or the 
personality, but I am giving unto the kingdom of God. And faith giving understands that when I take, amen, after I've been in worship, after I've been in obedience, after I have been in service now, I step into the realm of faith giving. And faith knows if I go above and beyond and give to the Lord of my own substance what He allows me to have, I am not suffering loss, but I'm merely making an investment. Because faith knows that with God you cannot outgive God. Faith knows that whatever I do, God is going to take and He's going to press it down. He's going to shake it and He's going to give it back running over. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Faith says, faith says, I'm going to give to God first what is His, and then I'm going to take whatever I have left over, and I'm going to live on what's left over. And if I honor God with what is His, and I, I subtract what I have, His promise is that I will be able to do as much or more with the less, amen, than if I had kept it all myself. Faith understands that you cannot give, out-give the Lord. When I give to the Lord, when you give to the Lord, when you write that check, when you give in the offering, when you serve God with your time and your finances, you are starting, amen, at the beginning stages, even of just paying tithe and 10%. Faith says, I know that when I give 10%, to the Lord, the 90% that I have left over will go farther. Can I get a witness? Will go farther in life than if I had kept the whole 100% for myself. Can I testify? As David said, I have been young and now am old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. And I give to the Lord. That's where faith is. So I don't give to God out of drudgery. I don't give to God out of obligation. If you're giving to God out of guilt, out of fear, and out of obligation, you need to stop it today. You need to let faith get a hold of your heart. Faith realizes, amen, that I can challenge God with this. Don't you know in Malachi 3 and 10, let's put this up there. God says, bring all the tithes in the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. He said, look, there, we need substance. We need, we need sustaining in the house. Bring the tithe. This is how it's going to work. And then look at what God says. And what's he say? Prove me now. There's not a whole lot of places where God says, prove me, prove me, prove me, and I'll prove it to you. You honor me and I'll prove it to you. Amen. And so they did. He said, I see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. You know why some people never have the blessing of abundance in their life? is because they've never taken the test that God gives them. God said, prove me and see if I can't pour out a blessing upon you. Folks, if you don't believe me today, that's all right, but you ought to take God's word to the task and you ought to say, God, I'm going to see. I'm going to see. I'm going to prove you. That's all right. You know it's all right. Have I preached too long today? You understand what I'm saying? Anybody get excited about this? Maybe I'm just a little excited about this. Maybe I'm the only one that's a little excited about this. But if you've ever been at a point in life where you're thinking, man, I don't know how we're going to make it next month. I don't know how I'm going to get through next month. And the little devil pops up on your shoulder and he says, well, If you weren't giving, hello, come on, am I the only one that he ever does that to? If you didn't give, look at how much you gave away last year. You know how much you could, there's a new car right there. Come on, come on somebody. The devil is a liar. It's tax time, we're filing our taxes and we put in there. And when you write down, if you're you're faithful and letting the Lord move, sometimes you can look and you can see, Wow, that's how much I gave to the Lord. That's how much I gave to the missions. Wow. And then all of a sudden, your little flesh steps up and says, think of how much I could do with all of that right there. It's just, and then, and then he starts, just do it for a week. Come on, just a week. 
And then just a month, just a year, you just take a year off and get ahead so you can get ahead. Can I tell you, the devil is a liar. But if you will be faithful to God, I have seen God provide. He has provided in my life miraculous things. He has given us time and time again abundant things in our life. Why? Because you can take the Word of God, amen, at His Word, and you can prove God and see if He will not pour out a blessing. I feel like there's some doubters in the house today. Amen. Amen. Come on. I'm preaching to you today. You need to prove God. You want a miracle in your life. Here's a miracle right here. You see what God can do in your life. I want you to do it. Do it. See see what God can do in your heart. Faith giving understands. Amen. that, That God can do more. Luke 6 and 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down and shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom, for with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. He talks about in this chapter giving, and I'm coming to a close as they come to. He talks in this chapter about giving, and he lets us know give, and it shall be given unto you. He's not just talking. He's already talked about giving to the Lord. But at this place... He's saying the principle of giving is so powerful that the return on your investment. See, we need to start seeing giving as an investment. I talk about it as an investment. I talk about it with the board. When we go over our expense items here at the church, uh, uh, when you, uh, QuickBooks calls it profits and loss. I don't like to call it a loss because it's never a loss. I like to call it investment. We gave away this much money, it costs this much. No, that's not a, that, that, it is a cost, but it's not a loss. It's an investment. Because when you give to God, it comes back more. And the giving principle passes, it passes. Amen. Even beyond just giving to the Lord. But he says, if you will give, look at what he says, shall men give in to your bosom. Not God, but men. Men, you give. Don't just give to God, but give to others. Be a giving person. Don't be a stingy person. Give, share. Is this all right? This is not, this is countercultural, folks. Because the world says it's all about me. It's all about me. You gotta open up and you gotta give in the fifth level, the fifth level. How do I know I'm at the, the faith stage when nothing gets away? Let, let me say this. How do I know I'm at the faith level or the faith? Motivator stage when nothing gets in the way of faith giving. If God has God ever impressed on you a large amount to give, hold on, let's I, let's go back to, to faith because I want to pause here and say that if God has ever asked you to give something that you think, oh, I can't do that, I challenge you to do that. I'll never forget the first year that we did the Giving to Grow campaign here for for a specific focus on reducing our debt. The testimonies that came in of people that said they wanted to pledge a certain amount. And there were some people that pledged some large amounts. That first year, I think the very first year we reduced our, our, in 2016, our debt by $80,000. Almost, it was like $79,000. And it was so wonderful to hear because there were testimonies right here in this church of people that said, I felt led of the Lord to pledge and I didn't know where to give it and so I took all I had to give. And within the same year, folks, this wasn't one testimony, it wasn't two testimonies, it was multiple testimonies. Within the same year, when they would give a lump sum or they would increase their giving or whatever, they'd get phone calls or get called into the office at work and out of nowhere comes a financial amount. I'm talking thousands of dollars that I didn't know where it's coming from. Gave what I had and God paid it back with interest. People that said I was giving and all of a sudden I got a raise on my job. I'm going to tell you, when you are at the faith level, money doesn't have any control over you. We, gotta, we ought to take authority over money in our life and not let authority be... The, the authority in our life be money dictating what I'm going to do. No, I want to give as unto the Lord. And the fifth level, the fifth motivator, and the final motivator, and the ultimate. And each one of these is built upon the other. 
You won't get to the faith level until you get to the service level. You won't get to the service level until you get to the obedience level. You won't get to the obedience level until you get to the worship level. But the final level of giving, the final motivator, is the motivator of love. Love. You give out of love. It's the greatest and final tier of motivating. You're giving away just because you love. I'm not, I'm past now seeing it as an investment. And it's not about proving God anymore. It's not about receiving back the greater blessing after I give God the initial amount of time or life. Now it's love. And you just give it all. You give it all. Maybe, maybe literally, maybe literally, but doesn't have to be literally everything in your bank account, but all of you, you give all of you. There's no restraint. My life is yours. I'm giving everything. Give everything to the cause of Jesus. I give everything to the cause of the kingdom. Why? He said this in John 15 and 13, Greater love hath no man than this, than that a man lay down his life for his friends. Previously, he talked about the Good Samaritan. The man asked, Lord, who's my neighbor? Who's my friend? And he said, your friend is the other human being that you despise. Yeah, it's your friends and it's your family, but it's even that one that you look down upon that you happen to be alone with passing by near at that time in life. That's your friend. A man lay down his life for his friends. John 3 and 16 said this, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. We are never more like Christ than when we give our life out of love. You give out of love when you're not worried about the cost, when you're not worried about the loss, when you're beyond trust issues and the abuses of people in the past, and you're just giving because you love God. You're giving without regard to the personality of the church because ultimately it's not, it's not who handles it on this earth or how they handle it, but it's about giving to the kingdom of God. And I'm not giving unto men, I'm giving as unto the Lord. And so I give. I give to the missionary. I give to the church. And if the church abuses the money, then they have to give an account before God. But I gave unto the Lord. If the missionary abuses the money, he has to give an account. They have to give an account before God. But I gave as unto the Lord. Because I love. How do you know you're at the love level? You're at the love level when nothing gets in the way of the love that you're going to show. At the worship level, free will offerings are seen in worthiness. But the trouble is, we don't always see the worthiness of God. and Sometimes our priorities are wrong. The obedience level, we humbly submit before God, but sometimes we get stuck there. And it becomes obligation. And we all of a sudden have entitlement on the other 90% of our life. God, I go to church on Sunday. I give my tithe. But don't mess with my personal life. Don't mess with my personal time. The serving level, we understand that nothing happens on its own. We did not get here on our own, but, but we've got to serve the kingdom of God. We're going to go forward. It's what makes life continue. If we're not careful, we can get stuck there at the comparison level. How much are you serving? Look at how much... I'm serving. The faith level, we know that as you give, God pours out greater blessing and there's no way that I can outlive God. And so there's no restraint. We become quick. It's more blessed to give than to receive. With God's blessings, there's more and more. But at the love level, it says, God, I don't need another blessing. Today I'm coming not even looking for another blessing, but now I'm coming to commit 100%.
Love knows no boundaries. And love compels you and motivates you to give until there's nothing more to give. It's what makes parenting great. It's what makes the husband great, the wife great, when you love. Not because you're on a balance sheet. Not because you got a ledger seeing who's keeping up. But you just continually love. It's not a money matter, but it's a heart matter. At the giving level of love, when you're motivated by love, it's not about what you receive. But it's the portrait of the deacon Stephen who gives his last sermon as they are stoning him to death. And he's preaching, God can save your soul. At the love level, it's the ten apostles who would be martyred for preaching the gospel of Christ. But they weren't waiting on the next blessing. They weren't looking for the next blessing because they loved God more than their own life. and They loved what the gospel could do more than their own life. They knew that in their dying, there would be more truth preached. And so they went to the crosses. They went to the gallows. They were torn asunder. They were filleted alive. They were run through with spears and lances because they loved. At the love level, it's the missionary that picks up their Bible and sells what they have. Who goes and gets employment as a cook in the galley of a ship so they could earn passage over the next 10 months to make their way halfway around the world to go to a nation that had never heard the name of Jesus. To step on soil and integrate in with the people to serve the hungry and the homeless and the poor and the uneducated just to be able when opportunity presented itself to preach the gospel to hungry hearts, to searching hearts who challenged the threat of plagues and disease because their motive was giving not by what God was going to give back to them, but out of love. Because He loved me first. He laid His life down. I can never outlove the Lord. Hallelujah. It's not about the money. It's not about the dollar. It's about worship. It's about obedience. It's about service. It's about faith. And it's about...